Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. We are in the final four chapters, the final leg, the final 25% of 1 Corinthians, <laughs> and we get to talk about love today. And so when you think about love, every musical artist and their grandma yeah. has sung and wrote songs about this. What comes to mind, let's As say, they should. other than Jesus, Christian, Bible songs, like just the, the world? Yeah. What songs come to mind when you think about love? There's a song. I don't know what it is. I cannot think of it right now. But I feel like every time it comes on, it'll be like on shuffle or something. And it brings us both back to like junior high dance. And it's like a slow Casey song. Casey and JoJo? Yes. All My Life? Yes. I feel like that was like the pinnacle of like, yes. Like, <laughs> wow. I'm going to dance at this at my wedding. I'm going <laughs> to. It was like, no. Uh, no. <laughs> no. What, 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 what do you what think? What comes of? to my mind is just the, uh, what is love? Baby, oh, don't dear. hurt me. And the thing is, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's from Nyla Roxbury's. Which I don't, I don't know, know if I've ever even seen that movie. I feel like that was before our time, and it was like a funny movie. And I tried to watch it, and it was just like, no, that happens a lot. I, I can't, I can't do this, you know. But there's so many like spoofs of it. Like people bring yeah. it up in like other movies and shows, and yeah. that you're like, oh, you recognize it for but sure. But whether it's Backstreet Boys, Boys to Men, Whitney Houston, Celine, everybody's got a song defining love. Anybody. But now to make Blake this Blake Shelton. Time to Blake Shelton, Red I'm, Dirt I'm just, Roads. You, you mentioned every. No. There's the uh, one that I don't even know a lot of country songs. I'm sorry I'm interjecting. But that one, I like it. It's like you're, you're my, my honeybee. What are you talking about? You don't know country songs. I know. I'm saying now. In Nebraska. Like, I have to go back to, like, George Strait or, mm. you know, like, Alan Randy Jackson. Travis. You know, like, I have no idea. Blake Shelton's probably, like, the, and he's even older now. Yeah. But he sings the song of the honeybee. No, let's like. leave that pagan okay. conversation and get to the holy ground. <laughs> See, the right. thing about this. We have to, yeah. Yes, is when it comes to love, the point is all these musical singers talk about what they think love is, what they think love is not, how they've been hurt by love, how they dream of love, blah, blah, blah. Right. Blah, blah, blah. God is the author of love, and so, therefore, he is the one who yeah. gets to define what it is. Mm -hmm. And what's so fun about this chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, if you've ever been to a wedding, you know this was quoted in it. It's right in the middle of a conversation not talking about marriage, but talking about the spiritual gifts. Right. So y it can still be used at weddings. I will still use this passage at weddings. But it's talking about how you use what God's given you in your life to love and bless and encourage other people. Yeah. So do you want to kick Let's it off with in. the first couple of verses? Sure. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, am, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. All right. Unpack it. Talk so, to us. Like you're saying, there's so many different ways that love's defined in our culture. I, and like, it's interesting that we bring up the genres of music because whether it's R&B, rap, pop, country, like that's, they're trying to communicate what love is Gospel. to their audience. <laughs> to so their audience. all I listen to. They're deeper than the holler. So like there's all these, like, if you knew 
um, that language, then you would be able to receive it and understand it. And so because we're image bearers, because we're made in the image of God, this is actually the language, the language is most clear to us, the language from our author and father, God, the father. And so right here, Paul's kind of laying out what love is and also what love is not. Mm -hmm. And so one thing he's making sure to press in verses one through three or four, whatever I just read, <clears throat> is that you can do good things, you can prophesy, you can exercise your gifts, you can walk in your authority, but if you're not doing that from a place of love, then you're actually re- self-serving. You're not edifying the body, and you're not gl- really glorifying God, and we're, we're just totally missing it. What does Romans 14 say about this? R- Romans 14 just talks about how if something is not done in faith, yes, then it's sin which is mm. really hard for us to grasp today. And, and of that, those verses you just read, verse three is what stands out to me the most because mm. it's saying, if I give all I possess to the poor and oh, sure. and I give over my body to hardship, meaning like I'm serving, I'm trying yeah. to put other people ahead of myself. I am seeking, I would say yeah. justice. I am seeking the well-being of another person. But if it's not done in love of God, right? from love of God and for the, the love of other people, then we are, it's sin. Right. And that's, that sounds crazy. It's hard to wrap your head around. Why? It's because either you are getting the glory or I'm getting the glory right. or some nonprofits getting the glory or some movements getting the glory and God's not. And so here yeah. he's saying the motivation for which you do everything you do, right. all the good things at mm-hmm. least, must be out of God's loving you, you loving God back, and then you seeking the well-being of your neighbor. I feel like that's key because what we know even with psychology today is that to the to the ability and the amount and the capacity that you can extend love has to be a disproportionate amount that you have received it. Mm. So even if you look at like your relationship with your family of origin, they know now through um, so many different studies that we've walked through that if you have implicit memories, so even before you're actually able to put your finger on like what exactly happened or years birth to three right yes even in these really little years that if if you were loved and cared for and tended and if your parents were attuned to you or your caregiver then you actually you greatly 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 benefit in ways that you don't even you can't even dialogue or have words for because you're so young And so the same is true, like you're saying that Paul's trying to let them know that it's actually like, you know, we're going to we're going to mature and we're going to make mistakes and we're going to repent. But we have to be abiding with the Holy Spirit. We have to be walking and receiving from the Lord because it's only out of receiving, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. and that we know just from human relationships. So it's definitely more with our relationship with God that we won't be able to give from a place of, of any kind of sacrifice or agape mm-hmm. love or of any kind of glorification to God. It will only be, that's why it's sin, because it will only be from our own pressures, motivations, or from external pressures and motivations yeah. that are not heavenly. So that's that's actually really key. Yeah. And then I love where he goes, because then he gives us actual like handles for what it should look like what and what like. it should not look like. Yeah, I'll read it. Verse 4. Love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast, it's not proud, it does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil but rejoices in the truth, it always protects, Mm. always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Again, this is like clutch wedding Mm -hmm. liturgy right here. (laughs) Boom. Um, And again, it's in the context of spiritual gifts. And so how we use what God's given us to bless other people needs to look like this. Yeah. 
as you use your gifts. And so of that list, which which of those stands out to you the most? Well, uh, the dishonoring, the self-seeking, the anger, honestly, the records. Honestly, you know, I think that just like the second line, it's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered and it keeps no record of wrongs. I think for me, just right now in our cultural moment, it just seems like everybody, you know, like you're your own God. Make what's right be um, what's right for you is what is right, f- definitely right for you. You know, that's not a question. And so uh, that's this is the opposite of that. Like yeah. it's not self-seeking. It's not looking, you know, Jesus talks about discipleship and how you have to die to yourself. But now we're looking at the bigger picture of just the category of love. And so we know that like in the Greek love, it can mean lots of different things. Yeah. But at the base, like one of the, th- the definitions that we get is that it's it wills the good of another. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that like sometimes people talk about maturity. Paul ends up getting talking talks about maturity later on. How until you're able as a human being to care for and love someone greater than you love yourself then you will continually walk in immaturity and it's because we lack love then Hmm. because one really round and applicable definition of love is that you are willing the good of somebody else what sticks out to you in that list yeah i think the the self-seeking and the record of wrongs kind of ties into that last word about persevering because oftentimes no matter what we're doing today whether it is in a relationship i feel like oftentimes there is like a record of wrongs like hey you did this to me yesterday you did this to me two years ago and we harbor things or i was just thinking to celebrities um politicians like when some of these supreme court justices get brought up and are elected or nominated yeah they're like 65 years old people are digging up stuff from when they were 16 years old yeah and you're just like wow like that's you know four decades ago it's just interesting to see how the world operates. Um, and with that, the, the not self-seeking even, it's like even the going back to the beginning, the definition here of, of love and how God's the d- definer of it. Yeah. Even when we do good things that aren't motivated by love of God, quietly and very sneakily are totally. self-seeking. I think when people do good or they join a movement or try to do, bring about social justice, and if God is not involved, oftentimes, if we're being honest with ourselves, it makes us feel better about ourselves. Oh, and that sure. is one of the quiet motivators there. Mm-hmm. It's like, I am I am bringing change. Right. I am doing good. And if God's not involved in that equation or that motivation at all, mm-hmm. it's like it's, it's actually just self-seeking. Yeah. And so that's that's where I wrestle in my own heart with, when I'm preaching, when I'm studying, when I'm being a pastor, a father, a husband, all these things. Oh, it's yeah. like, God, help my motivation be pure yep. and good. And if I don't start my day off receiving God's love and loving yep. him back, then you're going to get a whole lot of Clark Corver that day, and that's not good for anybody. Um, <laughs> verse 8, it picks up and says, Love never fails, but wh- now it shifts specifically to the gifts. Yeah. Where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness Mm -hmm. comes, what is in part disappears. This is a very important passage because this is where cessationists often go. This is one of like two verses where they'll go to say, hey, look, the gifts are no longer for us today. Cessationist means someone who believes the gifts has ceased. Like there's no prophecy today. There's no miracles today. There's no um, speaking in tongues today. And if you look at this, though, within Mm -hmm. the context of it, what it's saying is, is right now we have gifts that are not fully complete. They are partial. And it's not yeah. until completion comes 
we're going to need these things. And so the question yeah. becomes, when is completion? And what, what's Paul referring to here? And I think if we look around our world today and look at our own hearts, we're like, yeah, we haven't this, reached this completion yet. We're not, yeah. we haven't arrived. We're not at a hundred percent. And so then what is that? And cessationists will often say, well, it must've been when the Bible was canonized in late three, 300s, 400 AD, or, hmm. you know, when the last apostle the, the, of the first generation of apostles died around year 100 AD. And that's not it because you look throughout church history and even in the, the Bible, there's multiple generations after the first round of apostles where there's gifts. Where things are happening. And yeah. so the completion must be when Jesus Christ returns right. to, to restore all things, to bring judgment and mm -hmm. to redeem his people. And so that is where completion is, meaning then up to that point, we need the gifts. The church needs the gifts yeah. to build up the church, to love other people and to encourage one another. Mm -hmm. And Paul's just bringing it back in saying, let's talk about your maturity now as you use these gifts, because if love's not yeah. in the center of it, then we're missing it. He says, mm -hmm. when I talk like a child, when I was a child, I talk like a child. I thought like a child. I reason like right. a child. When I became a man, I put the way of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection in a mirror. Then we shall see him face to face. And now I know in part, but then I will know fully, even as I am fully known. So to further solidify the point, Life's not complete right now. Yeah. We are not face to face with Jesus like we're going to be someday. Life is not complete. The restoration, redemption, all things has not occurred. So then the gifts have not ceased and we really actually need them. Yeah. Um, to do what God's called us to do today. Mm -hmm. yeah. Amen. He kind of ends with this like a famous and now these three remain faith, hope and love. But the greatest of these of love. Oh, that's in a lot of bathrooms and. Living rooms <laughs> right there. Christian art. <laughs> I know. But it's true and it's good. And where Paul's going to continue to go with church order and just continued conversation about the gifts in the next chapter is it's it's pivotal that we remember that it has to be from a place of love mm -hmm. and that we need to grow and we need to walk in maturity in order to be able to bear the weight of the gifts. Yeah. So that was one thing we wanted to talk about too as we ended was just kind yeah. of like examples of like how what does this look like? Yeah. You know, what do you want to go there? What do you want to well, Yeah, I just think it's important to think about the responsibility of stewarding and taking care of a gift because yeah. not only is it blessed and given to you, it can be a great gift and blessing it's meant for other people. Right. On the flip side, it can also be very harmful oh, totally. to other people. So yeah. you just take like a car. When, when yeah. you're given the keys to drive for a first time, you got to have a conversation with the DMV, your instructor, and then your, your parent, your guardian to explain like, this is a huge deal. Yeah. This is a gift and it can also become lethal. Um, this last summer we went back to the Midwest around yeah. the farm. And one of the things I did with my dad growing up all the time is we got hay bales out in Grand Junction, Colorado, out in the Rockies where my grandma lived. We get all these little army guys and we'd set them up on the hay bales and we'd go across the yard and lay down and we got a BB gun. We'd lay there and just pew, 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 try, try to get these guys. And it was just <laughs> the best. And so this year I did it with some of our kids yeah. out in the Nebraska farm. But with that then came a major conversation about how do you load this thing? Right. Where's the safety button? You cannot cross this line ever when someone's holding this. Yeah. It always must how be pointed carry? straight down yeah. to the ground or straight up. How do you carry the thing? And there's a responsibility to yeah. handling this really fun thing. Mm -hmm. And same is true with the gifts. And we're excited now as a transition to tomorrow because he's yeah. going to spend a lot of time talking specifically about the gift of the prophetic and the gift of tongues as we unpack what this looks like for us today.
So, awesome. thank you for joining us. First Corinthians 13. Tomorrow we'll be back with you. At First Corinthians 14. See you then. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.